Ukraine's defense intelligence chief says the attack on a military airbase in Pskov this week was launched from inside Russia. Ukraine has repeatedly said it would return the war to Russia, if you remember. And now a top presidential advisor says that operation is well underway, predicting these drone attacks will only increase. He also says a network of Russian citizens are involved. Have a listen. There is a large number of people who support the resistance of Ukraine. These are citizens of the Russian Federation. They take part in destroying certain military capabilities of the Russian Federation on Russian soil. They directly attack military or military-related objects, not only near Russia's border territories, but also deep in the rear of the Russian Federation. Well, Ukraine also says it's making progress on its own territory, advancing toward Russia's fortified trenches on the southern front. Ukrainian forces say they've now broken through the first line of Russian strongholds in the Zaporizhia region. Ukraine is rejecting criticism that its counteroffensive is moving too slowly. The defense ministry today issued what it called a gentle reminder for those far from the battlefield. Ukraine needs more ammunition not advice. Well, Ukraine's foreign minister also has some strong words for the critics. Our chief international anchor, Christian Manpour, spoke to Dmitry Kuleba today. She has been reporting for us all week from Kyiv. Christian, great to see you. Look, I think it's fair to say that, you know, we have been reporting here on the show, as you have, that there's, there's been so much criticism uh, about Ukrainian tactics and the pace of this counter-offensive. How does Mr Kuleba see those critters? How does he assess uh, the counteroffensive. Well, Issa, it's important just to say that for this whole week we've been exploring this phenomenon, and we've been talking to you know retired U.S. commanders like David Petraeus, uh, former you know NATO deputy commanders like Richard Sheriff and others, and all of them have said that it is very unfortunate that this sort of armchair warrior, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking, second guessing is taking place by people who are not in the battle. And Foreign Minister Kuleba has been in Europe, in Spain, in France, and, and elsewhere, talking to his uh, counterparts. And he was asked the same question. And he basically turned around and he said, you know, you guys who are criticizing us and questioning us are, quote, spitting in the face of Ukrainian soldiers who are sacrificing themselves for this effort. And he went on to say they should shut up and figure out whether they could come here and liberate even an inch of territory. So I put that to him, and this is what he said. If, if Ukraine was failing, I would probably be the first one to, to speak the truth. But we are not failing. We are moving forward. We, we liberated thousands of square kilometers of our land through minefields with no air coverage. How does it feel when you come back from your mission and you take back your phone, you open it, and you start reading all these smart people saying how slow, how slow you are and that you are, not, you are not doing well enough. You just lost two of your bodies. You were almost killed. You crawled one kilometer on your belly, demining the field. You sacrificed yourself. You took the damn Russian trench in a fierce fight. And then you read someone saying, oh, guys, you are too slow. So that very dramatic uh, picture of exactly what the forces are doing and how unwelcome this criticism is. I asked him whether his actual NATO supporters are criticizing like that, and he said absolutely not. And we've heard, of course, from NATO Secretary General and others 
who believe that this is going to be hard, it's going to be tough, it's not going to happen overnight. But, but absolutely crucially, all the Ukrainians who we talk to and many of the other uh, generals and, and former commanders that I've spoken to believe that as much help as Ukraine has got, they need to get more, especially, you know, air cover, especially more long-range uh, artillery and the kind of things they need to be able to punch through very, very sophisticated and deep defenses that the Russians have built over the last months down in the south where they're engaged now. Isa? John for us there in Keep the Sour. Thanks very much, Christian. Well, meantime, Ukraine claims Russia is committing heinous crimes against Ukrainian children and that it has opened more than 3,200 related criminal cases. The allegations include murder, torture, kidnapping, sexual violence and more. Russia's treatment of Ukraine's children has long faced international scrutiny and Russia has repeatedly denied accusations of human rights abuses. Let's bring in CNN's Melissa Bell for more. She's live for us in, in Zaporizhia. Uh, and Melissa, I'm keen to delve a bit deeper into these allegations, heinous uh, crimes being committed there. What are prosecutors telling us? When you look at the uh, scale, for a start, of the number of cases now being prosecuted, 3,200 that involve children, Issa, it is chilling. And then when you look at the range of allegations that have been made against Russian soldiers. And they go from uh, instances where towns or villages have been occupied, people have been held in basements and tortured, and no difference has been made between the children and the adults. So children uh, who've been tortured, uh, 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 allegations of sexual crimes against very young children. Uh, and then they go uh, also to the question of the deportations that we've covered so extensively over the course of the last year uh, and for which a war crimes investigation has been opened even at The Hague uh, against Vladimir Putin and the woman in charge of these mass deportation of Ukrainian children towards Russian territory. So a vast array of alleged crimes that have been committed, again, against very young children. The point of the Ukrainians from the very start, within just a couple of months of the start of the invasion, has been to seek to prosecute these crimes uh, aggressively, because ISA, it's a difficult thing to do in wartime, but their point was that if they could do it and show that the justice system was functioning, that there could be no impunity, they might be sending a very strong message to those Russian soldiers who are even now occupying Ukrainian territories that what they do, they will be held accountable for. And so you see the result of uh, this uh, strategy where the judiciary has continued to prosecute these cases aggressively, uh, looking not alone because there are the Ukrainian prosecutor's offices across the country, but also uh, the jur jurisdictions of many other countries that have gotten involved in trying uh, to investigate and prosecute the crimes that have been alleged to have been committed here. And of course, the international uh, tribunal at The Hague as well. So there's a lot of work that's been done and that is ongoing. And the understanding is that these crimes, the 3,200 that are now been opened here in Ukraine, will, first of all, uh, if they're allowed uh, to continue and be brought to some sort of resolution, allow for some sort of justice to be served. But again, to serve as a reminder and a warning to those still occupying the lands here in Ukraine, uh, that what you do uh, when it is against international law, when it is against even the rules and uh, uh, the, the, the rules that apply in a war zone and to war, that you will be prosecuted and sought out, not yeah. just the country itself, but the individual soldiers, Isa.
An important story indeed. I want to leave that uh, and change tax, if I may, and focus on the counteroffensive. You're in Zaporizhia. I don't know if you heard Dmitry Kuleba's interview with our Christian Armand Paul, where he rejected the criticism uh, about the slow pace of this counteroffensive. He said, not failing, we're moving forward. What is your sense from what you are seeing? Because what we keep hearing from Ukrainian side is they are making gradual progress. Is that something that you are seeing, Melissa? Uh, we are seeing it. We spent the night, uh, Isa, with a uh, SBU, the Ukrainian Secret Services drone uh, team, working on the outskirts uh, just above the front line. And you could see all night the intense artillery fire, the rockets going back and forth. You could hear what was going on underneath. And we got, thanks to them, a glimpse of just how dense and deep those uh, Russian defences are. The scars of war. Russia's sprawling network of fortified defences, including the infamous dragon's teeth, clamping into Ukrainian ground. This exclusive video shot by Ukraine's security service, a reminder of all that lies before Kyiv's advancing troops. The counteroffensives gained so far, slow but steady. We are not failing, we are moving forward. We liberated thousands of square kilometers of our land through minefields with no air coverage. The Ukrainian military says it's consolidating positions on the southern front lines and looking to the next layer of Russian defenses. With the country's foreign minister reassuring impatient allies. Our partners who are helping us, including the United States, they understand that things are moving in the right direction and they understand that there is no tragedy or no kind of slowdown. Meanwhile, Russia renewing nuclear fears. The country's space agency announcing that it's put the Sarmat intracontinental ballistic missile on combat alert. As attacks on Russian soil increase, drone strikes, once shocking, now routine. Moscow's mayor announcing on Friday the foiling of yet another attack by Ukrainian drones on the capital as well as surrounding regions. Russia's defense ministry spokesperson also praising Russia's air defenses. 281 Ukrainian uncrewed aerial vehicles were destroyed, including one Tu-141 Strizh jet, as well as 29 Ukrainian aircraft-type UAVs in the western regions of the Russian Federation. But some drones did get through this week. These new satellite images show the damaged planes at the Kresti airbase in Russia's western Pskov region, an attack launched from inside Russia, according to Kyiv. The burned remains of the aircrafts, Russia's own scars of war.